In this episode, you hear me talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. You also hear me talk about Maude Arbery and how I know someone who's dealing with that. And finally, you hear me kind of bring it all together and how it's all related to cross-dressing, gender, and sexuality. This is the 50th episode of the Cross Yas podcast. Can you guys believe it? I sure can't, but here we go. You guys ready? Yes, 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 yes. Cross, yes, podcast, which is El Miraso. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Cross Yes podcast. The podcast is still says yes to everything related to cross dressing and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. You'll find me on Instagram and Twitter at Giselle Mirasol, and you'll find the podcast online on the website www.crossyaspodcast.com that's spelled www.crossyaspodcast.com and if you have questions on what you hear from today's episode or you guys just want to chat me up hit me up you guys have something to say because you know everyone always does and you know if you're tired of hiding your cross-dressing or who you really are your gender or you know you're questioning yourself and you just want to chat it up and you're like hey can I talk to someone about this? You know the answer. You've always known the answer because the answer is allowed. Frickin' yes! Hit me up, please. Email me, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. That's G-I-S-E-L-L-E at C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S-podcast.com. So in this episode, I mean, I just want to chat you up. It's going to be quick. This is the 50th episode of the Cross the Yas podcast. And I'm going to give a shout out to everyone who's listened. Uh, thank you guys for your support. It's pretty cool to have done 50 of these. Pretty amazing, pretty crazy how fast time flies. If you think about it, like I started last January of 2019. It is now 2020. It's the middle of the year. Feels like the year has flown by. But I just want to talk in this episode a little bit about the Black Lives Matter movement. Just because someone close to me actually knows someone uh, who has been a victim of not just police brutality, but just of systemic racism and how it's been troubling. But I'm sure you guys have your own story and you guys want to talk about that. But you know, you can email Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. You know, if you have your own feedback or have questions or something you guys want to talk about. But this is episode 50. Um, It's just going to be me ranting about Black Lives Matter movement. And I mean, it's a little bit different than your cross-dressing and gender-related stuff, but this stuff should be talked about and it may make you feel uncomfortable you may even skip the episode which i highly recommend you do not because you guys will find something interesting in this episode to listen to to understand and this podcast hopefully can change your mind about racism and if you think it doesn't exist it does it's always been there it's been (laughs) designed in our systems and yeah please listen to this one please i'm going to talk about ahmaud arbery and the rest of what else I know. So yeah, tune in. This is going to be great. I promise. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great.
So I want to first start with this episode to talk about a specific high-profile case that hit, I don't know, a couple months ago, or that was reported nationwide a couple months ago, and it's kind of lost steam with other high-profile cases like Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, and recently the one that's come up to light is Elijah McClain. But I want to talk about specifically Ahmaud Arbery. And if you guys don't know who Ahmaud Arbery was, let me read you guys the Wikipedia about the death and murder of Ahmaud Arbery. On the Wikipedia, the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery goes uh, into detail, and I'll say some words in here that may offend you, and if you are, I'm sorry. I'm just reading directly verbatim off the wikipedia.org of the shooting of Ahmaud Arbery, and it begins like this. On February 23rd, 2020, Ahmad Marquez Arbery, an unarmed 25-year-old African-American man, was fatally shot near Brunswick in Glynn County, Georgia, while jogging on Holmes Road just before the intersection with Satia Drive in the Satia Shores neighborhood. Arbery had been pursued and confronted by two white residents, Travis McMichael and his father Gregory, who were armed and driving a pickup truck. The event was recorded on video by a third Satia Shores resident, William Roddy Bryant, who was following Arbery in a second vehicle. The death and events following the investigation have sparked debates about the lack of racial equality and have been reported internationally. The Glynn County Police Department, or GCPD, said the Brunswick District Attorney's Office advised them on February 23rd to make no arrest, while the Brunswick District Attorney's Office denied that such advice was given to the GCPD by either the Brunswick District Attorney or her assistant district attorneys. On February 24th, Waycross Judicial Circuit District Attorney George Barnhill, who had not yet been assigned to the case, advised the GCPD that no arrests should be made. Barnhill officially took over the case on February 27th. On April 2nd, Barnhill again advised the GCPD to make no arrest, while announcing his intention to recuse from the case due to connections between Gregory McMichael and Barnhill's son. Barnhill requested recusal on April 7th. The case was ultimately transferred to the Cobb County District Attorney's Office, the fourth prosecutor's office, to handle the case. At the behest of Gregory McMichael, a local attorney provided a copy of the video of the shooting to local radio station WGIG, who posted it on their website on May 5th. The video went viral, having also been posted on YouTube and Twitter. Within hours, Durden said a grand jury would decide whether charges would be brought and accepted an offer from Governor Brian Kemp to have the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, GBI, investigate the case. On May 7th, GBI arrested McMichaels and charged him with a felony murder and aggravated assault. On May 21, Brian was arrested and charged with felony murder and an attempted false imprisonment. On June 4th, additional evidence was presented by the prosecutor to support the murder charges, including a statement to the GBI by William Bryan that Travis McMichael said fucking nigger while standing over Arbery's body. The alleged use of a racial slur could factor into a federal investigation looking into whether or not hate crimes will be brought. The fact that the McMichaels were not arrested until 74 days later, after the video went viral, sparked debates on racial profiling in America. Numerous religious leaders, politicians, athletes, and other celebrities condemned the incident. The GCPD and the Brunswick District Attorney's Office were nationally criticized for their handling of the case and the delayed arrest. Georgia Attorney General Christopher M. Carr formally requested the intervention of the FBI in the case on May 10th, which the FBI granted the following day. Now the reason I bring this case up specifically is because I recently found out that one of my good friends' sister is best friends with Ahmaud Arbery's mom. 
And a little backstory on my friend. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia, and her sister does as well. But Ahmad Arbery's mom used to also live in Atlanta, but moved to Brunswick, but they remained friends. And my friend tells me the story about how while she was at work, she got a call from Ahmad Arbery's mom saying that Ahmad was shot. Now, it was a shock because my friend said, well, how, did, how was he shot? What exactly happened? And Ahmad Arbery's mom said that she was told by the police that her son was involved in a crime, in a robbery, and he was shot and killed that day. Ahmad Arbery's mom was shocked and was telling the police, like, that's not my son. My son would never rob anything. There's no way he would do that. And my friend agreed, like, he's not that kid. He would never do such a thing. And my friend also told me that she was also talking to Ahmad Arbery's mom when she was back in Atlanta. Like, they had a reunion just like maybe in January before he was actually shot and killed. And they were discussing just how difficult it is to be black in society. And they were specifically discussing how how hard it is to be a black male and the mental health of black males in society today and how they would deal with it. Now, my friend is black. I don't want to reveal her name, but I know she really, I mean, she doesn't mind, but I'd rather not. But she's black. She's from Atlanta. And she comes from a small town in Georgia. I think it's near Atlanta, but it's within Georgia. And it's such a small town that everybody knows everybody. And when Ahmaud Arbery's mom moved Ahmad and I think his brothers and sisters out, you know, they moved to another part of Georgia, which is Brunswick, that their town is predominantly black. But when they moved out, it became more predominantly white, from what I understand. And yeah, and they had a reunion or some sort of talk and they talked about the mental health of black males and how, I mean, mental health is already something that's so pervasive in our society, but within the black community, she was discussing with Ahmaud Arbery's mom how they don't talk about it, it's very quiet, and how do men deal with their, uh, you know, how do these men deal with their emotions? And she said that Ahmaud Arbery's mom said that he would deal with his mental health and like get away from it by jogging like he would just run and he would jog and that would kind of clear your mind and I used to be a runner I don't run as much anymore but yeah when you run or when you're just jogging and you're out in public or just like kind of just running down the street just for fun it it is stress relieving because it does kind of keep your mind at ease you're just jogging for the sake of jogging right you're you know you're just you're just in the zone sometimes and Ahmad Arbery was a jogger he jogged a lot according to his mom and he would mind his own business he wouldn't do anything he would just jog just like when I jog or when anyone else jogs like you're jogging outside why does it matter and it shouldn't nobody should care if you're jogging or not you're just running around and I guess Ahmad Arbery was jogging down this street and the story goes he was jogging down this street and there's videotape of it and he was murdered and shot and killed by these two men and presumably three men now with the third arrest happening after the video was released but uh back to Ahmad Arbery's mom so yeah when she found out he was killed she actually could not see his body because she just couldn't get a hold of it there was a lot of from what Ahmad Arbery's mom says is there was a lot of connections with that police officer who or that detective uh, I think his name is 
Gregory McMichael, how he had a lot of connections with this within the system. But when they told Ahmaud Arbery's mom that he was shot and killed at a robbery at a home, Ahmaud Arbery's mom went to go see the site, right? Like people had put up, they told everybody that he was killed here. And so they put up a makeshift memorial, according to my friend and according to Ahmaud Arbery's mom, that they put a makeshift memorial outside this housing place or house. And so Ahmaud Arbery's mom went to go see the site. And when she went to go see the site, there was already flowers and memorials, so she went to go see it. And actually, somebody from the neighborhood saw her, and they saw her, and they asked her, "Is like, oh, you know, they probably started weeping, and they were like, are you the mom of this person who died? He's like, yeah, my son was shot here and killed. And the lady or person, whoever it was, went up to Ahmad Arbery's mom and said, actually, this isn't where he was killed. He was actually killed down the street. And she's like, what? They told me he was killed here, and... They were like, yeah, they said that, but he wasn't killed here. And that person also said there's a video of him being murdered. And she's like, what? There's no way. And she couldn't get that video, apparently, and that video was really hard to find. And the handling of the whole case was all freaking weird, too. As I read in the Wikipedia page, it was handled by, like, four different... It was constantly transferred transferred because nobody wanted to to charge these people with murder because apparently there were no arrests needed to be made by these, you know, by the Glen the GCPD, the Glen County Police Department, or the, you know, the Waycross Judicial District Attorney, George Barnhill. Like, they nobody wanted to arrest these men. So she went to the police department. They said, we're not arresting anybody. And so she went to somebody else, and they said, we're not arresting anybody. So my friend said that, Mont Arbery's mom had to go to two or three counties over. She went to a lawyer and eventually they got, you know, word of it. And they reviewed the charges and they reviewed the case. And that lawyer, who I presumably think is the lawyer for Mont Arbery now, said, wow, this is so egregious. Like, this is so terrible. I, I think I can bring you national attention to it. And I think they brought national attention to it and they brought it and then the i guess the attorney for gregory mcmichael the police detective who shot Ahmad arbery pretty much wanted to clear his name and i guess his lawyer said that yeah i think the video that they had they're like well when they see the video they'll see that Ahmad arbery was the person who was the one actually you know they were they can claim self-defense by showing this video so <laughs> Gregory McMichael and with the lawyer actually released a video and leaked it and thought that they could actually like clear their name but when you watch the video it's clear as day it's actually Gregory McMichael and his son and this third person William Bryan who actually are the ones committing the murder I mean you watch the video and it's so terrible like these people are waiting for him these white men in their trucks are waiting for him with shotguns like ready to shoot him and it's terrible like you you watch it and it's 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 so bad like he's running Amon Arbery is just trying to run run around the car like getting away from them and these men shoot him and Amon Arbery like you know he's unarmed he is just wearing his jogging pants wearing a shirt just trying to run down the street and how is it self-defense like yes it's self-defense because he clearly goes for their shotgun but there's three men there who 
were waiting for him. They lied and they said that he was, you know, he was armed and that he was robbing them and he had like a gun or whatever. And they were saying all these things that clearly were wrong. I think the reason they said that they that they felt like they needed to arrest him was there were some calls that were saying that he had been reported being around there earlier by some residents at this house. If you read the Wikipedia page and you go further down, they're saying that there were prior thefts and, and trespassing by him, by Ahmaud Arbery. Like there's video of him at one of the construction sites prior. It says in December 2019 and January 2020, residents of Satya Shores reported thefts, trespassing, and activities they deemed suspicious to police and posted on the Satya Shores Facebook page and next door account. And on February 11th, Travis called 911 to report a slender six-foot black man with short hair wearing red shorts and a white t-shirt who was trespassing on the site of a house under construction. Travis was breathing heavily on the call and said, I've never seen this guy before in the neighborhood. This dispatcher asked whether Travis was okay. And he said, yeah, it just startled me. When I turned around and saw him and backed up, he reached to his pocket and ran into the house. So I don't know if he's armed or not, but he looked like he was acting like he was. We've been having a lot of burglaries and break-ins around here lately, Travis said on the call. He told the dispatcher that he was out in his truck and that as many as four neighbors were looking out for the man. His father, Gregory, was one of those people out searching that night, and Gregory and at least one other neighbor were armed. Police responded and searched the house along with a neighbor, but found no one. However, surveillance video from the evening showed a man who reportedly looked like Arbery, who briefly walked in and out of the home under construction without taking anything. And then it goes on more on the Wikipedia page. It says, on February 23rd, in the minutes before the shooting, a security camera installed on a residence across the street from a house under construction in the neighborhood recorded a man identified by his family as Arbery coming down the road and walking into the house. A second security camera installed within the house recorded a man identified as Arbery by his family looking at the interior of the house. Approximately five minutes later, he left and resumed going down the street. After the man left the house, the first camera on the residence across the street showed a white pickup heading into the man's direction, followed a few minutes later by two police cars. Two calls to 911 were also just made before the shooting. In the first call, a male caller said, Another man was in a house that was under construction. The 911 dispatcher asked if the man was breaking into it right now. The caller replied, no, it's all open. After the caller said the man was now running down the street, the dispatcher said police would respond. The dispatcher then asked at 1.08 p.m., I just need to know what he was doing wrong. Was he just on the premises and not supposed to be? The caller replied with some garbled included, and he's been caught on camera a bunch at night. It's kind of an ongoing thing. The caller identified the man as a black guy, white t-shirt. In the second call, beginning at 1.14 p.m., a male caller said, I'm out here at Satya's Shores. There's a black man running down the street. The 911 dispatcher asked, where at Satya's Shores? The caller replied, I don't know what street we're on. The caller was then heard shouting, stop, watch that, stop, damn it, stop. The dispatcher tried to speak to the caller but did not receive a reply for several minutes. The caller later hung up. And then the Wikipedia continues and says the GCPD responded to the scene immediately after the shooting. The responding officer's report relied almost entirely on the interview with Gregory McMichael, who was described as a witness. Gregory said he was in the yard of the house when he saw an unidentified man running by. He said he recognized the man from a prior recent incident the other night, in which he said he saw the man reach into his pants as if for a weapon. 
He called to his son, Travis, and said, the guy is running down the street. Let's go. Gregory brought a 357 Magnum revolver, while Travis brought a shotgun in their pickup truck. The McMichaels said they pursued the man because he resembled the suspect in a string of local burglaries, although according to the police, there had been only one recent car burglary in the neighborhood. Travis attempted to cut off the man with a truck. The man then turned and began running back in the direction from which he came. The report states a third person who they identified as Roddy also tried to cut off the man but failed. Gregory said they saw the unidentified man and yelled, stop, stop, we want to talk to you, and that they pulled up to the man with Travis exiting the truck with the shotgun. Gregory claimed the man began to violently attack Travis before the two shots were fired. The man died at the scene after bleeding out. The report concluded. Authorities later identified the man as Arbery. The sad part is, if there wasn't a video, this man wouldn't receive justice, and these people probably wouldn't have been arrested, and none of this would ever been said, right? The, I mean, it, the reason why I bring this up is not to just show that, like, oh, I know somebody who had who's dealing with it. Not just that, but from hearing what my friend said, Ahmad Arbery's mom feels. It's scary to think that this still happens today and how small the world is. Like, I would never have guessed that I would have to talk about this in a cross-dressing podcast. Like, why should I, right? Like, why would I, why does this have to happen? Why on earth are we still dealing with racism that exists like this today? Because it all begins with racism, right? Like, this man, according to this 911 caller, is running down the street. Yeah, he's running down the street, sure, but did he do anything? Like, when the 911 caller asked him, was like, did he take anything? Is it, like, is he breaking into it right now? And the the caller said, no, it's all open. He's like, okay, well, did he take anything? And he's like, uh, but, you know, he's been caught on camera at night. Like, sure, like, so you're saying that any black man who's caught at night is already presumably doing something bad? How do you know it's him? Apparently, there was they're saying, oh, there's been a lot of burglaries in the neighborhood, but clearly there's only been one car burglary in the neighborhood. It's this narrative that we assume that because you're something, because you're colored differently, then you're already assumed you're bad or you're doing something bad. I mean, there's there's so much racism here. You, that's as clear as day, right? He hasn't done anything wrong. Not, not by this, right? And... If the man is clearly just jogging for the hell for the sake of just jogging, like, is he not allowed that right? I think about sometimes now, like, if I was jogging on the street, although I'm Filipino, I'm not like black, I'm colored, why not arrest me? Why if I'm just jogging down the street and yeah, there have been burglaries around the neighborhood, then why why all of a sudden am I necessarily a bad person? Because I'm running? And for black people like if you're doing anything different than the norm what you're supposed to do like how how are you supposed to live it sucks it it fucking sucks because these two men three men assume that they could take the law into their own hands and just start shooting people because they 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 want to take the law in their own hands and say well you know this person's bad i'm gonna shoot them I'm going to shoot him. He's attacking me or they're, you know, he's, it's fucking sucks.
Like you have no right to take someone else's life because you you presume they did something wrong. That's what the law's for, right? He deserves a trial. If he really did do something wrong, then yeah, arrest the guy or something. Not shoot him, not kill him, not go out, find him, cut off the man. And like, he's just running. He's running for the sake of running <laughs> because he's a jogger. He likes to jog. Apparently he'd been, from what my friend said, before he's he jogs he jogs and he likes to run in the, around there and in that surveillance video that saw a man that looked like Ahmad Arbery that night apparently that surveillance video also showed other people there there was a there's a bunch of kids there who were white and there was a white couple who was there at the same construction site but nobody called the cops on them because I don't know do they assume that only black people can steal or that he's the one who's robbing the place <sighs> I don't know I don't know and part of this goes into the mental health state too. Like, how is a black person supposed to feel or supposed to deal with it? And I'll relate it all to cross dressing and gender, I promise. But I do want people to realize this could happen to you. And if you don't think it can, <laughs> uh, think of it differently. Maybe you don't know what it is like in the South. I don't know what life li is like in the South, but presumably i think if you're black it's even more difficult because i mean I, I live in the west coast i live in california and i can only speak from experience but living here like i feel okay like i feel life is good for me i was raised in long beach north long beach <laughs> which is close to compton and if you don't know anything about compton it is predominantly hispanics and blacks who live who live there for the past 20 30 years which i have and I remember the riots. I remember living around black people and growing with it. I remember having a bunch of black classmates, black teachers, Hispanic classmates, Hispanic teachers. And in the city of Long Beach, back then, Long Beach was the most diverse city in the U.S. And probably still is because we have Asians, we have blacks, we have white people, we have Mexicans, we have, you know, people from Cambodia, we have people from Africa, like Nigerians and Egyptians and Libyans and like Armenians from you know, and Greek people. We have pretty much everything like Canadians. Uh, I don't know. I even had like a classmate from uh, where was that? Uh, Afghanistan. Like there are people were were diverse. And I think when you understand there or learn that there's diverse people out there, it helps a lot. Growing up, at least in a diverse environment kind of just helped me understand that you know there's the narrative that i don't know the media the media or the idea that people believe that people are a certain way like certain races or certain color or a certain way is flat out wrong right black people are not these scary people that the media sometimes depicts or that hispanics or are people that i don't know whatever are have these racial tendencies or white people are these people that we should aspire to be like I don't think that's true I think growing up in a diverse society just helped me understand people a certain way and this goes back to cross-dressing and gender-related stuff which this podcast is about this podcast is about understanding and learning about others and it it sucks that this still exists in certain parts of the United States I mean within California it still exists but especially in the South, I mean, which is the South being Mississippi, Atlanta, you know, the Southern states, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, and recently 
I think just yesterday or the day before, they recently passed a, it being a hate crime in Georgia. I mean, it still has to pass through the governor, but at least it's passed the Senate. Unfortunately, there are still three other states that have no hate crime laws, the three being Wyoming, Arkansas, and South Carolina. Hopefully they get their stuff straightened out, but you know, at least Georgia's making the step in the right direction. But again, here at the Cross the Yaths podcast, you know, we're about celebrating and understanding and accepting others, but it's really hard when a lot of people, specifically black people, are dying at the hands of the police and also racism still existing today. And if you don't think it exists, it really still does. And definitely with overwhelmingly in the hands of the police. And if you really want to get to the root of it, I think it just starts with understanding how racism is built into the culture we Americans live in. Kirsten and I just watched The 13th. It's on Netflix that talks about the 13th Amendment and how black people have been, even after abolishing slavery, it just was reframed and repurposed into making black people's criminals or making things seem more criminal than what you typically would see it as. And I don't know, we've been also reading and just watching more black oriented or stuff that would help understand uh, black, understand the Black Lives Matter movement. We've been reading articles, listening to podcasts, another one of which is called Higher Learning. Another one is Code Switch, just a bunch of stuff that's just kind of helping us understand what it is, what it is that this this is all causing right and i i bring up the ahmaud arbery case again not only because it's someone that affected someone i know pretty closely but because it brings to light you know that this probably would have only wouldn't have been such a big case if there wasn't a video and and recently i think just today it being june 24th the three men were indicted on murder charges which is great news for the uh, Maud Arbery's family that they finally got some justice. I don't know the full details on it. This is not on the Wikipedia page yet, but what happens if there wasn't a video camera and stuff? And it just got me to thinking like as a crossdresser and someone who's different than the norm, like what if I was wearing a dress or something, right? Running down the street, just jogging, minding my own business. Would someone report me because I look different? Would someone say something about me wearing a dress like oh there's suspicious activity and stuff would i be gunned down murdered for what i'm doing i guess i mean i'm not black so again i don't know what a black person feels or or has dealt with and i don't want to compare hardships like filipinos haven't had it hard and it's it's really unfortunate for me not knowing how they feel but listening and learning and understanding is like the big part right watching videos and listening to TED Talks and podcasts and reading articles about how slavery built this country (laughs) and at least the country of the United States like we to not acknowledge that to not acknowledge our own history like why why wouldn't we do that why not see what we really are right like this and someone who appropriates black culture because I love hip-hop I love you know, I, I love black television shows. I love black movies. I love, sometimes I use words that are traditionally said by black people, but 
for me not to acknowledge that they have been oppressed and they've been hurt and are still fighting like that's that's wrong of me and i think if you're a crossdresser or you know listener of this podcast and you're someone who appropriates black culture or understands black culture for the good stuff but not the bad stuff then i think you need to check yourself and understand a little bit more about what's going on right now because it's troubling it is hard and i just hope that the movement doesn't lose steam and it comes all back to to understanding and learning about one another because it's all about first impressions right <laughs> like when it comes back to me like i'm a crossdresser and if you're a crossdresser or you're trans and you go out in public and you're just trying to pass right all you want to do is blend in like even if you don't want to right you want to that goal again is to just sneak on by no one can notice you no one sees you but that first impression is like oh what are you wearing right what you're wearing is trying to conform to whatever you want to identify with like maybe you're trying to conform with the sex that you're born with right so if you're a male born male and you're trying to conform as a male that's great like it works for you because you can wear that and you pass and that's awesome but what about the color you're born with right the skin color you're born with i mean that's there's such a huge basis against those who aren't white right if you're black brown or i guess even tan you know basically if you're not white you're gonna face some scrutiny in the eyes of people because you can i guess you could change your color like what michael jackson did right when he tried to bleach his skin to look i don't know really weird and like white after thriller it don't matter if you're black or but I, don't, I digress like i hate that i have to bring up race in a podcast that discusses just cross-dressing and gender and sexuality but there's a lot of parallels right there's the rejection a transgender cross-dresser or someone who isn't heterosexual feels that i don't know that they may feel i guess that like they may not belong or that no one would accept them because they're different like i don't know i think black people feel the same way too right if all they're doing is trying to conform with the ideas that we live in right right they're just trying to make it through school they're just trying to you know make it through college make it through the day but they can't do normal things <laughs> like they can't walk down the street they can't jog down the street they can't buy a piece of candy or go sleep in their car or they can't even sleep in their house like brianna taylor they can't i mean just say they can't breathe like they can't sell a pack of cigarettes they can't legally own a gun if people are so afraid of black people because of these perceptions like well, what does it mean for a crossdresser to be a crossdresser what does it mean for a transgender person to be a transgender person i think if we eliminate these ideas of what a crossdresser is what a transgender person is what a homosexual person is what a non-binary trans person is what a black person is what a brown person is what a white person is really like we eliminate these ideas and understand that all we all black people want is equality then I think we'll really get to the root of the problem. I feel society pressures people in reinforcing that if you're not a wealthy, heterosexual white male who isn't married with wife and kids, then you're different and you need to conform or else, or else you'll need to be eliminated or else you need to be, you, you need to check yourself and you need to be this kind of person. Like, that sucks, right? How are you supposed to conform if, I don't know, like say you're a crossdresser or say you're a Filipino male or like myself, or say you've experienced, experimented with other sexes. It's like, how do you conform to the idea that I need to be heterosexual or I need to be white or I need to be married with kids? Like, if you don't want those things, then how can you conform to the society? Like, society punishes you for being different 
and that's especially true if you're black whether you like it or not right like this sucks <laughs> it, it sucks because how does a black man do that how does a black man become white and if they do everything that society tells them to do but they're basically killed based on the idea that they're based on the idea that you look suspicious or you look like a criminal or my favorite of all that someone in high power used to love to call these people thugs like like you call someone that and you make them less than human like what the fuck i mean i'm not saying a crossdresser or a trans person feels the same anger or pain that a black person feels because i don't know like i haven't heard anyone say uh, a crossdresser is a suspicious looking person although you know some some like old tv shows most like crossdressers were weird or like in the movie psycho they were seen as a killer or whatever or they're perpetrators or whatever or homos you know like there's always homosexuals in bathrooms or whatever i don't know but i think black people f- face the brunt of a lot of the ideas that they're suspicious or that they're criminals or they're i don't know that they're bad people based on the color of their skin and if you perpetuate the idea that they are or that they're looking suspicious or you need to take the law into your own hands then how do black people survive they are tired again i'm not speaking for black people you know i don't want to i don't want to be that person but i do want to i do want to start a conversation about why do we treat people a certain way why do we treat people a certain race a certain way why do we treat people who are different a certain way if you're a crossdresser if you're black if you're transgender if you're basically different than the norm you're not again that wealthy heterosexual white male who has a wife and kids christian sure i don't know i don't know how religion plays into that but if you're different than the norm or if you don't conform to the ideas that well, i don't know whatever they are then why are you punished why why is that i guess we fear the things we don't understand right and i think if we start to learn about things i think we get there but people are too lazy to learn right like they just want to stick with their same ideas and ignorance is hard to change because people don't want to put in the work to learn if you're listening to the podcast i mean you're learning <laughs> you're learning about me you're learning about other crossdressers you're learning about other other things out there about other binaries about other um you're learning about the lgbtq i guess population you're learning a bit about more and i'm learning too right i'm not i'm not a know-it-all i don't know much but i know i love you just kidding um i do like this podcast i do like doing this podcast because i do learn more about others and about myself and i just fear that we become a society of robots i guess that just think in the binary that think you're either this or that that you're either gay or not gay you're black or you're white you're colored or this when there is so much gray area in the lgbtq spectrum there's so much gray area in the race spectrum there's so much gray area in what's wrong or right but we need to start a conversation and talk about that and I'm so glad to have done 50 of these episodes where I started like shit and I'm still a little bit of shit, but at least I'm learning and I hope you guys learn a little bit more too. I'm glad and I'm thankful for all of the listeners 
who have come on this podcast or who have listened to the podcast or who have just done something different because I just don't want to do this because, you know, not, I mean, yeah, I'm entertaining, but I also want to teach. I also want to help you guys. I also want to help others because there's a voice out there that's not being, that is too afraid to speak. And if that's because you're black, that's because you're, you know, your race, that's because of, if that's because of your, you know, your perceived idea that you're, no one understands you, no one knows what you're about. Well, I want you to come on the podcast. Even if you don't think you have a story to tell, I think you do. And I want to help everyone understand your story and help everyone kind of just help one another, right? Like, that's the world I want to live in. That's the world that I hope we live in where we're helping one another and not putting ourselves, each other down for the sake of putting yourself down. And that's what I really love about the Black Lives Matter movement because it does help not just black people, but help everyone who's ever been feeling like shit. Everyone who's ever felt like they've never gotten any help. The Black Lives Matter movement focuses on black lives, yes, because they are the ones being brutally assaulted, murdered for decades, centuries. They're the ones who were brought here against their will to do the deed of the white man. Yes, that sounds stupid and cliche, but it's true. And they still are oppressed in more ways than one that have built been built into the system. There are so many instances where they have been. If you watch the 13th, they talk about that on Netflix. But I don't matter so many things. I also hate the All Lives Matter movement because you are just taking away from the Black Lives Matter movement for the sake of... And you're like reducing them to nothing. Because if the All Lives Matter movement did... Like, if you believe that and that's true, then you would care more about black lives. You would care more about brown lives. You would care more about police lives. You would care about everyone, but you're not. If you say that and you still, um, and you, I guess, God, like when Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States, said that in Congress, when somebody asked him, I think it was another senator, asked Mike Pence to say, black lives matter. He did not. And he kept saying all lives matter. And he did that because he didn't want to admit, or at least it seemed to me, he didn't want to admit that the Black Lives Matter movement did matter. He just wanted to, to me, when you say all lives matter, without understanding that black lives matter kind of means you're racist because you don't, you don't want to acknowledge the black life, even though black lives matter does mean all lives matter. But you're taking away from their movement and you're taking away from the idea that they do matter because Mike Pence and the Trump administration, and again, I don't want to get too political, although I probably will, have shown that not all lives matter, right? They haven't shown that they care about everyone. They're, they're still homeless people on the street and they haven't done anything to fix that. Maybe they have, but I still see homeless people that haven't been treated who are white black hispanic asian every race (laughs) they put people they put immigrants in detention cells at least they haven't but their administration has passed things with the ice with ice with immigration you know and thank goodness about the dot the daca thing and the gay and transgender thing that also passed in the supreme court this week and i was gonna talk about that in my yas of the week but it's just getting 
too much and I'm going too far into it, but that passed. And so it is now illegal to be fired for being gay or transgender. And it is also for all the DACA people, they are all seen as the, you know, the dreamers, they are, they are here to stay. So yeah. And I'm, I'm going again, too rambly and too much, but I just want to thank you guys for listening. And I do hope you guys just read or understand or do more for not just the crossdressers or the, the the transgender people or the LGBTQ community, but especially for, I would hope you do more for black lives and those who are oppressed. The black trans lives matter, but I mean, black lives, trans, black trans lives matter too, right? There have been at least, at least the ones that have been reported are like two or three deaths for black trans lives that have happened recently. So it's scary out there, guys. And I do hope you guys are doing a due diligence and reading up and just never let up. Keep understanding, keep listening, keep an eye out and recognize your own bias. Cause I have, I've recognized that I too can be biased towards certain genders, towards certain races. And I check myself. Like if I, I don't know, if I see a black person down the street and I feel scared, I'm like, why the fuck do I feel scared? Why is that? So check that, check that at the door. Like understand where your biases come from, your instinctual biases and recognize that although it's bad, at least recognize it and see what you can do to fix it. I thank you guys for listening to me ramble because it got pretty long, but um, I'm just thankful for you guys again for being great listeners and man today's news about Ahmaud Arbery getting some justice is great and then the hate crime law too as well being passed in Georgia um, I just talked with my friend who knows our Ahmaud Arbery's mom and they are they are joyous but they know the fight's not over maybe some justice for has happened for Ahmaud Arbery but you know the Rayshard uh, Brooks I believe is his last name the one who was shot in Atlanta <laughs> Jeez, uh, and that was all shot found on body cam. You know, it's just like one other one after the other, and I think people have are finally realizing, oh, this is this might be an issue, but it's been an issue for years, decades, and centuries of just oppression um, of black people. And you know, I I'm doing my part. <laughs> I mean, it's not much just coming on the podcast and talking about it. Um, I do hope to bring more light to it. Um, I'm just, I'll get back to the cross-dressing and gender and sexuality stuff about it. But th- this episode, I'm just thankful I could talk about this because it's important. It's important for everyone, I think. I don't know. I'm just glad to just let it all out because it, it hurts. It, it sucks that, you know, that people have had to die for, I guess, like, for... It to happen i know george floyd was maybe the catalyst but people are writing they're not writing like they were like oh how it's almost a month since george floyd died but people are upset and i just hope the light the, the fight isn't just stalls i hope people are just doing stuff like going and making your voice heard go out and vote vote for the candidate that you think will represent you better not just because they're you know for black lives like but what are they going to do about it right I mean, for me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep recognizing my biases. I'm gonna donate it to the Black Lives Matter movement organization. I support Black businesses. I'm doing a little bit. It's not a lot. I recognize that, 
I could obviously do more, but I think if we as a society can come together and help one another in any way, shape, or form, just doing what we can to help black lives, I think we can, I mean, I don't see an end in sight because it's still happening, but, you know, a step in the right direction is doing this, and in turn, we can help black people. We can also help cross-dressers and homosexuals and people of the LGBTQ community, all the different races, all the transgender people. I think we're doing our part. We're doing our part to help them and understand them. And we, I don't know, we're going to make a difference, guys. I promise. But yeah, sorry, I got really rambling and long, but thank you guys for listening. And yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's keep it going, guys. And that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you guys learned a little something where you first heard me talk about Ahmaud Arbery and how my friend knows his family and how they're dealing with it. And you heard me talk a little bit about how his mom had to deal with figuring out how to handle his case moving forward and how it has been dealt with a little bit of the aftermath with regards to Ahmaud Arbery's case. You also heard me talk a little bit about how it's all related, how it's related to a cross-dressing and gender podcast, and a little bit about what we can do moving forward. But that was the 50th episode, guys. It's crazy. I'm still amazed that I've done 50 of these and how much better or worse my podcast has gotten, but gotten great feedback from everybody. Um, I've got a couple of interviews lined up. Um, Another one with, uh, I have my second part with Diane coming up. I have an interview that I did with Adelina that's coming up in a couple weeks or in a month or so. I still got to edit it. And I have a couple of stuff in the works with Veronica and another cross-dresser to be named. I know it's more cross-dressers are reaching out, which is great. And if you guys still want to reach out, please do so. I'm here and ready and willing to listen to your story that I'm sure other cross-dressers and transgender people would love to listen to as well. You can email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com. Also, reach out or seek my Instagram and Facebook and message me there. I've gotten great messages and DMs as well. Lots of stuff is happening in my life and lots of stuff is happening in the transgender and cross-dressing world out there. COVID's being less crazy, so more people are out, which is good and bad, mostly bad because the rates are rising and I'll talk about a lot more in our next episode. How about that? But as for now, let's just leave it at that. You know, it's the summer, so it's kind of hard being stuck inside. But while you are, you're probably listening to the podcast. So I thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And yeah, that's it. Keep it fresh. Stay blessed. Remember, you guys, you're all gorgeous. Again, I'm not here to treat or diagnose anything, guys. I'm just here to tell my story. I have people come on the podcast and tell their story, and and maybe you guys can learn from it. And I hope it helps you guys understand the world of cross-dressing and gender a bit more. Mm